Well, um, good morning once again to everyone um, here and online. I thank you, Stuart and Helen, for allowing me to bring forth the message today, um, a subject that not many people like to talk about. It's about giving. So today I'll share with you what the Lord's given me. Thank you. In Deuteronomy, it says, The Bible highlights the importance of caring for those who are poor, instructing us to be open-handed toward them. We might be tempted to avert our eyes to the plight of the poor, holding tightly to our resources instead of sharing them. Yet God challenges us to recognise that we will always be surrounded by those who have needs. We should respond with generosity, not a grudging heart. Jesus says that in giving to the poor, we receive enduring treasure in heaven. In Proverbs, it says, A generous person will be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. When we are generous to others, we are likely to experience generosity as well. But we should not give expecting something in return. Rarely does our generosity return to us as quickly and obviously as it does for some. Rather, we give, we give to help others in loving response to God's instructions to do so. In Philippians, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. In John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. When we give, when we do give, God is pleased while he's under no obligation to refill our wallets or bellies. He often finds a way to refresh us, sometimes materially, sometimes spiritually, despite lack of resources. When we give generously and willing to share what we have with others, instead of hoarding it for ourselves, as God leads and empowers us, we will prosper. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Giving is something we grow into. Paul wrote, See that you excel in everything. In Corinthians 2, 8, 7. Oh, thank you. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Where was I? Grace fills our giving as we understand that we all have what that all we have is from God. As He has shown us, it is more blessed to give than to receive. God generously gave us the most unselfish gift of all, His only Son, 
who would die on a cross for our sins and be raised to life, any who receive this ultimate gift are rich beyond measure. As our hearts are focused on him, our hands open in love to others. And it is scriptural to give your tithes for the Lord's work. God always blesses for it is obedient to do so. Now in the Bible, in Mark 12, it says, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how people put money into the treasury and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came in and put in two mites, which makes a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, as I say unto you, that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had, her whole livelihood. This little widow, the Lord honoured her because she gave her all. We can be so selfish at times and only think of ourselves. If we stop just for a moment and consider the blessings our Heavenly Father has given us, He has not let us go starving. We seem to have so much food Just look in our garbage bins and all the food scraps that we throw out and we whine and we grumble when someone unexpected calls in, especially around mealtime. We seem to think, oh, we only have enough for ourselves. Well, I have an example. Years ago in my own life, after being saved for several months while living in Seymour, My first husband loved his food and on this particular day was a usual chilly winter's day. I decided to make a lovely meat dish for my family's evening meal. While having finished my housework and had plenty of time to plan ahead, um, after cooking up this delicious dish and feeling very proud of myself, I thought, well, being lunchtime, I might take a little out just for a taste test as I was feeling quite hungry and the aroma filled the whole house. Next thing, I noticed a car pull up in the front yard and our kitchen faced the road. Then this rather large lady and her husband and two kids were walking down the driveway who were known as the ferals of Seymour. My husband would often sometimes have a beer with this man at the pub, the local pub. Well, in my thoughts, straight away I thought, oh, it's not payday yet, and there's not that much in the fridge or the cupboard. Oh, no, not these bludgers. This is what I thought. And straight away, my special dish, I pushed it into the oven more. And you could still smell the aroma. No way was I willing to give away any of this meal. Well, after letting them in and offering them a cup of tea and Vicky's, it was right on lunchtime, and determined not to give in, no way still not prepared to offer any. Well, two hours later, I was starving, and they would have been too. They decided to leave. I thought, you beauty, I still have my dish for my family's tea. Well, 
the Holy Spirit convicted me all that afternoon. Had I been willing to share my food with these people, it would have been a witness in itself. God would have blessed me beyond measure. Well, that evening, my family really enjoyed their meal, all except me. Mine stuck in my throat, feeling totally ashamed, thinking, oh, I wonder what that little family are having for tea. God had truly convicted me. Well, from that day on, when anyone comes unexpected, I give my all, even if there's nothing left for me. For I know that the Lord never lets me go hungry, for he supplies all of my needs. It was a lesson learnt that day. For God loves a cheerful giver. We are not to hold back in our giving, for God knows and sees the heart. We cannot hide anything from God. It is more blessed to give than receive. Do you give with a loving heart? And what is your motive? Do you give for everyone to see and put on a big display? We can all learn a lesson, whether it be in our financial giving or giving a meal, even our time or our tithes. If we are always keeping blessings for ourselves and never learning to pour out anything to the Lord, other people will never have their vision of God expanded through you. Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. Or maybe you know someone who is resisting God's love. Show them God's love today. Show them with love, just as God showed love to us when he brought salvation into the world. Through Jesus, God's love is humble, patient and unselfish. Love is a gift we can keep on giving. You can never outgive God. And when we give, God pours out his love into our hearts to flow out to others. For God loves a cheerful giver. So what are you afraid of? What are you afraid to let go of? That? Why are you afraid to let go of that item and think, oh no, I can't give that away. Well, what are you going to do with it? You cannot use it after you're dead. Why not give it away now and see what joy another can receive from it? Your Heavenly Father, he will bless you more. Sometimes I bought something that I truly love and would love to hang on to it. But when I do not keep it and decide to bless another with it, after giving it away, next thing the Lord blesses me with something far greater and I know that it is a blessing from him for the joy that comes with it. And my heart seems to leap and dance for joy of the Holy Spirit, for I know that I have walked in obedience. God is so good and he blesses abundantly. Now, God is a giver. If you want to experience a new level of joy, God's joy, if you want him to pour out his blessings and his favour in your life, then you must learn to be a giver, not a taker. Set your minds and keep them, that's in Colossians 3 2, sorry. Set your minds 
and keep them set on what is above, the highest things, not on things that are on the earth, for this earth and everything that takes its place above the Lord is going to perish. We cannot take a single thing with us when it is our time to leave this earth. Now, in Acts 5, this is a story you probably all know, there was a certain man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, sold a possession and kept back part of the proceeds. His, his wife also, being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, he fell down and he breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and they buried him. Now, <coughs> sorry, his wife came in about three hours later, not knowing what had happened. And Peter asked her, tell me, you sold the land for so much. She said, oh yes, so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you agree together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. These two people agreed to give the proceeds to God, but it was greed that kept them from giving all. They lied to the Holy Spirit. That is why they died. The land was theirs and they would have still been alive if they did not give any. But by promising and then deceiving was their downfall. Be a good giver. People who have closed their hearts to compassion become self-involved and self-centred, motivated only by what they want and what they think they need. They're really good givers. They seldom do anything for anyone else. Now, in Matthew 19:16, Now behold, one came and said to Jesus, said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do to have eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, Well, you shall not murder and you shall not commit adultery. 
You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honour your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, well, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, saying, He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He was not willing to give, he could not let go. He could have been blessed beyond measure. Only things is not evil. And I have to admit, over the years, I have been a consumer, often tempted to add to my treasures like pot plants and clothes. They may be second-hand, but they're still clothes. Items that I think I need. However, I do recognise the dangers of owning a lot of things, that it can lead to spiritual loss. The more we have and the more we feel we need, the more prone we are to forget our need for God. Yet everything we have comes from God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Sadly, our enjoyment of God's provisions might mean that we end up loving the gift but forgetting the giver. This is why God gave his people a life full of bounty in the promised land of good and plenty. He warned, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. If God had allowed you to enjoy material abundance, remind yourself where it came from. In fact, all of us, whether rich in this world's goods or not, have much to be thankful for. Let's not heed the warning not to forget the Lord and praise him for his abundant goodness. In Luke twelve fifteen says, Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. The maker of the universe knows every need of man and made provision for that plan, that need, according to his plan. It is scriptural to give according to one's income. Those whose giving is not according to their income may find that God adjusts their income according to their giving. I'm going to read that again so that you'll understand what I'm saying. It is scriptural to give according to one's income. Those whose giving is not according to their income may find that God adjusts their income according to their giving. It explains it now in Luke. Give and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. No one forces us to give. God does not force you. 
However, when we belong to Christ, he speaks into our hearts and it is a little nudge from the Holy Spirit who prompts us to give. We all love to receive, so why not love to give? For we all know by now that God loves a cheerful giver. As time goes by, we can give God all of the glory. For when we take a look at our lives, we can look back at all of the times when every need was met. God has and will never let us down. For he supplies our need, not our greed. As a Christian, we walk by faith, not by sight. Whenever our finances seem to drop down, we pray and God shows us by his Holy Spirit to somehow give a little more. We sometimes have to stretch ourselves, but everything works out in our favour. We never lack, for we are his children. He blesses, we bless. Then the true blessings keep coming. So never give up on giving. Others will love you for it. Everything we own or have is not ours anyway. So whatever you do, let go and you'll reap the harvest. You'll never ever go without. He will keep you in full supply and every need met. A few years ago, on Facebook, I read a story about a young woman who had terminal cancer. For months, an anonymous believer in Jesus sent her beautiful bouquets of flowers from a local shop. Each gift arrived with a note with scriptural encouragement signed, Love Jesus. She shared it all on Facebook. The flowers gave her opportunity to celebrate an individual's kindness and to acknowledge the way God expressed his love to her through his people. As she trusted him through her battle with a terminal disease, every colourful blossom and handwritten note affirmed God's loving compassion for her. This sender was anomalous. Jesus reflects the heart motive. Jesus encourages people when giving. He warns against practising righteousness, righteous acts, to be seen by others. God knows when we give with good intentions, he simply wants our generosity, motivated by love. And as we give him the honour, the glory and the praise, in Matthew 6, 1-4 says, When you give to the needy, do not let your, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And if we give a brother or a sister as much as a cup of cold water, we give as to God himself. And when we give to God, first out of our finances, he will make sure you'll have enough food and clothing and essentials. He will always supply your need, not your greed. You'll never look back. You'll never lack any good thing. So therefore, as I finish this simple message today, 
I do hope and pray that we will always remember to be gracious in our giving, whether it is in food, material things, tithes, finances or of ourselves. Do not hold back. Do not be anxious, for God says in his word, be anxious for nothing, but in all things give thanks. For we all know that God loves a cheerful giver. Just take note of the change in your life. You'll begin to see what a difference your giving makes when you pick up something at a bargain price. You'll know that it is God looking after you, taking care of your needs. Not only will you look better, but you'll feel better knowing that your Heavenly Father is well pleased with you. It is a step closer to Him. After all, the days are short and no one knows at what hour he is coming. So don't let your stinginess cause you to stumble, for we all want to hear, Well done, good and faithful servant. What a day that will be. So rejoice, for this is the day the Lord has made. I hope you understood my message today. Thank you. That was of the Lord. And uh, it was a success after he'd done his tax. He was in the black. He thought, oh, oh this is all right. And then the Lord tapped, tapped him on the shoulder. He goes, well, what's up? He says, well, where's my share? <laughs> he said, you're going to give me half. So he did. This guy went on uh, with, his, with his profits. Uh, he became an inventor. He invented the, the scraper, like big machine that scrapes dirt. Um, and uh, like um, overland vehicles and all sorts of stuff. But he ended up uh, giving 90% of his profit to the Lord and living on 10. And he sowed money into orphanages like um, <clears throat> universities, um, like engineering universities, but every one of them had a theological section. Uh, in the library and uh, missions and just it's just a great story so anyway I just want to encourage you all um, as Shirley said to encourage you in your giving and um, I think I'll leave it to that Helen wanted to sing one day at a time to finish off with if you could find that one for us please Hank that'd be great and G'day folks, this is Pastor Stuart from Wattle City Church in uh, Victoria, Australia. We pray you've really been blessed as you listen to the message today. And if you want to check out more sermons or messages from uh, WCC, just jump onto Spotify or Anchor or a whole bunch of podcast platforms and search for Wattle City Church. And um, yeah, more blessings to come. Good on you, folks. Have a great day. Keep praising the Lord. Amen.